if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, welcome to a 2021 NHL trade deadline review podcast. Uh, Matthew Zader joining me for this. Uh, we have a lot of NHL uh, podcasting, I would say, to do over the next few months. You got the playoffs coming up, then you have the expansion draft, then the draft. We're going to do a lot of that stuff, I'm sure, uh, over the next few months. Um, you can follow Matthew at Matthew Zader SC on Twitter, head of the uh, prospects NHL drafting Canucks lead writer at the hockeywriters.com, co-host of the Canucks Pucks podcast. Matthew, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, I, I didn't think that we would see this much action today because in the first few hours, it was like, well, I don't know if anybody's going to make a move. And then things got going, but we'll start late last night when uh, Buffalo traded Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar to Boston for Anders Bjork and a 2021 second round pick. Just your overall impression of this deal. I know a lot of people are killing Buffalo for it. I really can't blame people for doing that, but uh, what do you think about the deal overall? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Buffalo didn't get enough. Um, you know, Taylor Hall is a former Hart Trophy winner. He's not doing a lot. Of, didn't hasn't done a lot of scoring this year, uh, this season with Buffalo, but Buffalo's a mess in general. So, I mean, um, I don't know how much he'd be have success there. Um, I, I think Taylor Hall should have gotten a lot more. Uh, Buffalo should have gotten a lot more than what they did get for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And they got something. I mean, Andres Bjork is an okay forward. He's not a Taylor Hall and by any means. And the second round picks hit or miss. So, I mean, you could get a really good player with that uh, pick or you may get a guy that doesn't make the NHL. So, I mean, it's, I don't think they got a sure thing at all for a guy that, you know, is potentially scoring 30 goals, going to Boston, uh, playing with some talented players. I think he can be a factor in the playoffs in the end of the season here. Yeah. I mean, the big thing with Hall is that obviously he's not the player he once was a few years ago, but Mm -hmm. the argument against that is, well, everybody on Buffalo has been horrible. I mean, Eichel's been hurt. He wasn't that great when he was playing. Uh, everyone else there is just a disaster in Buffalo. It's been that way for a decade, but I don't think it's been much worse than it is right now. Um, obviously a tough situation for Kevin Adams to come into, but I definitely don't think he got enough, especially with the, like, you could say what you want about Taylor all in the way he's played this season, but the name value is there for sure. And what he's done in the past and what he can bring. And I think he's going to do great in Boston. He'll be in yeah. a situation playing with great players uh, on the power play unit, which will be great. And he'll probably slot into that line with uh Krejci, I'd assume, or even Bergeron at some point, but that's an interesting deal. I mean, I, I definitely don't think Buffalo got enough. I definitely don't think Hall's the player he once was, but I still think he's good. And I think he'll do well in Boston. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously the, uh, Bruins uh, a few points ahead uh, with a couple games in hand as well in that playoff spot. Uh, how about this deal? The Kings dealing Jeff Carter to Pittsburgh for yeah. conditional picks in 2022 and 2023. This is a weird deal. I didn't expect this deal to happen, but it did. What do you think about that? Yeah, it came out of left field for me. I didn't think that Jeff Carter was going to be traded. Um, you know, LA is kind of, 
they're on a semi, I guess they're, they're still, they're kind of in a rebuild. They are in a rebuild now. And, you know, trading Jeff Carter is probably was going to happen eventually. Um, they started out the season pretty well and they kind of fallen off. And uh, I mean, they still technically have a chance at the playoffs. I mean, they are a few points out and they're not that far behind. So they could, e- they could even sneak in, but trading Jeff Carter kind of, puts a damper on that I think you know you're losing a, a pretty talented forward for you know third and fourth round picks that are conditional picks and we'll see how that deal works out I mean Jeff Carter's still a pretty good player and you know going into Pittsburgh as uh, you know probably well he will be their third line center and uh, that's a pretty good situation for him uh, coming in uh, to a team like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you get another veteran guy there in Pittsburgh. The thing about LA is like they they can be really hard to play against. Like there's still a yeah. lot of guys there that are good, and you have younger guys in that bottom six. I mean, I still think LA. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they could make some noise even next season because they're going to have even more guys coming in uh, with the loaded prospect pool that they have. So oh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Kings the next few years. Let's get into a three team deal that went down yesterday, which I think. Is an interesting one. Toronto getting Nick Felino and Stefan uh, Nason uh, from uh, San Jose getting in on that. They get a 2021 fourth. Columbus gets the Leafs first round pick this year and a 2022 fourth. I, I personally love this deal for Toronto. I, I do think that they are getting a guy that's going to be a perfect leader, even though I don't really think this is a team that needs more leadership, but he's still a really good uh, player to have in that locker room. So what do you think about the Felino to, uh, to Toronto deal? Yeah, I like the deal for for Toronto as well. And, you know, you're bringing in a veteran guy and, yeah, like Maple Leafs don't need more veterans in their lineup, but uh, they seem to be going all in this this season and, you know, try to get far in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. So, you know, getting a guy like Foligno with a lot of experience and he's a great, uh, you know, he's a great two-way player too and, and gritty and, you know, playoff type guy and, you know, you're getting him to add it to that lineup that's pretty deep. So I think Felino's going to fit in really well um, with Toronto and, you know, what does really bolster their lineup. Yeah, you got Vegas and Toronto really having fun messing around with the cap. So quite yeah. an interesting uh, thing going on there. Let's go to this deal, which I found interesting. Uh, I know Carolina has a ton of D-man, but uh, they trade Hayden Fleury to Anaheim for uh, Yanni Hockenpah in a 2021-6. I mean, I get the argument that Carolina didn't get enough, but I also get the argument that Carolina already has a ton of defensemen. And honestly, Hawk and Paul is slightly underrated in my opinion. What do you think about that deal? I like, I like Hayden Fleury and uh, he has a lot of potential in the NHL. I think he's going to become a pretty good uh, defenseman in his prime. Um, Hank Hackenpah is, yeah, he's very underrated as well. So, but with Carolina having so much, yeah, like you said, depth on defense with the young guys, and a lot of prospects coming up. I think they could afford to do this deal. And, uh, you know, Flurry's going to be kind of pushed out with all the young guys coming in. So I think he's going to have a bigger opportunity in Anaheim uh, moving forward. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good deal for Anaheim for sure. Uh, Hackenpah could actually work out uh, in Carolina too. Let's go to a deal that happened uh, a couple of days ago or yesterday. Buffalo moving Brandon Montour to Florida for a 2021 third. Now the thing here is like Buffalo really made all their deals 
before the deadline. They didn't wait to try to get more. Uh, I find that interesting. They didn't really do anything today. So what do you think about Montour and what he can do uh, for the Panthers? I like Montour and uh, he's going to, again, add, add some depth to Florida. Who's they've had a really good season. Um, You know, even with uh, Bobrovsky, not, I don't think Bobrovsky's played a ton better than last year, but I think it's just Florida's played better in front of him. So I think uh, Montour adds to that defense and for a third round pick, you can't really go wrong. And again, Buffalo could have gotten more for him. And it's just, like you said, it's kind of, it's kind of weird that why they did it way before the death, you know, before the actual day when kind of, you know, on the day there could be some, you know, desperate moves movement, you know, with, with GMs. And I think they kind of did it early. I think even waiting for Taylor Hall and, to wait until the dead actual deadline day to maybe get some desperate teams to give a bit more. Uh, but I mean, they're a mess and I don't know. <laughs> they they yeah. just, I don't think they're, they've, they got enough for what they did trade. I agree. I mean, I don't really understand exactly what's going on in that building, but you never know. Uh, let's go to this one here. There's kind of rumors around the Islanders that maybe they would go after Hall. And there was also rumors that it kind of came down to, getting Paul Mary or getting Hall and they get Paul Mary from the Devils. They traded AJ Greer, Mason Jobst, Jobst, however you say that, a 2021 first and a 2022 fourth for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak. And I got to say, honestly, I think Lou Lamarillo did the right thing here because Paul Mary and Zajac are really good fits for the way the Islanders play in comparison to Hall. So I think that Lou Lamarillo did the right thing. What do you think about this uh, deal for the Islanders? Well, this is a, a case of familiarity too, right? Yeah. Lou Amarillo knows these guys and, uh, you know, he's come, they come, he drafted them uh, way back, you know, when they were drafted and he was running the, running the New Jersey Devils. So he knows these players, he knows what they bring to the, to the team. And they do, they definitely do fit in with what uh, the Islanders are doing and how they play. And again, adding more depth to a team that uh, has a lot of it. So, I mean, Palmieri and Zajac, they're, they're going to fit in. They're going to be just as good as what, you know, Amarillo did a really good, pretty good trade last, last uh, deadline around that deadline too. And it's worked out pretty well. So uh, yeah, it's a good deal all around for, for the Islanders. And, you know, you look at the New Jersey Devils there and again, having a year where they're not doing very well, they got a first round pick and in a year that the first round's actually pretty strong after the first round, it kind of is a crapshoot, but you know, you get that first round pick and you're going to get a pretty solid player to add to their prospect pool too. So I think it's a good deal for both sides. I would agree with that. Let me uh, go over a few more trades here just before we kind of analyze a couple more. Let me just run down a couple that we're not going to go too in depth with uh, Detroit getting John Merrill under or uh, Detroit trading John Merrill to Montreal for a fifth and a prospect. Uh, that's a good deal for Montreal. You have Braden Coburn of the Islanders for a 2022 seventh. You have Mike Riley, the defenseman from Ottawa to Boston for a 2022 third. You have Soderberg going back to Colorado for Josh Dickinson and Ryder Rolston from Chicago. You have Good Branson uh, going to Nashville for Brandon Fortunato and a 2023 seventh. You have Sam Bennett, a former first round pick from Calgary and a 2022 sixth going to the Panthers for a 2021 second and prospect Emil Heineman. And then you have Ben Hutton from Anaheim to Toronto for a fifth. You have Eric Gustafson from Philadelphia to Montreal for a 2022 seventh, which he hasn't been playing well, but that is 
quite an interesting deal there. Washington getting Michael Roffle from Philadelphia for a fifth round pick. Uh, and then you have a couple from your team, the Canucks. Uh, we'll start with the Highmore for Gaudette deal. What do you think about that? I don't like it. I, mean, I didn't think you would. I, I hate it, actually. It's, yeah. a, it's a weird deal. And you kind of look at it from a perspective of a cap. Um, you know, the, maybe they, you know, Van, Vanning's maybe dumping cap so that he doesn't, because, you know, God, that's going to be an RFA um, in the offseason, and he's going to be, you know, demanding a little bit more money. I don't know if a lot of more money. He hasn't really done a lot this season. I don't think uh, he was going to demand a lot to really screw up the cap. Um, you know, if you are trading Godet, trade him for a guy that has a bit more. I mean, Highmore's an undrafted free agent. He was undrafted. He was signed by the Chicago Blackhawks. He's played like around 24 games. He has, I believe, four goals in his career. And it's, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's not a regular NHL player yet. Uh, he's 25 years old. And Godet has, I think, has a lot more potential. And they didn't get nearly enough. If you're trading Godet, you should get a lot more than just him. Um, you know, there's, there was rumors about trading him to Nashville, and there were some some good guys that they could have got out of there. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what Benning was kind of trying to accomplish here. I think, mo if anything, it was a cap um, move to try to get some cap space so that they can trade um, sign Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, which, I mean, that has to happen. But, I mean, in, in general, I don't think – I don't, I don't like the deal at all. Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't really understand all that uh, when it happened. I don't really know exactly what they're trying to do. Uh, then they traded Jordy Ben to Winnipeg for a six-round pick. So Winnipeg, a lot of talk about them getting a defender. They end up with Jordy Ben. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, Jordy Ben's actually had a bounce-back season this year. And I think he's – I don't think the Canucks – again, this is a cap move. This is something to get some cap space. He was going to be a UFA this season, so it really doesn't dump anything for them. Uh, they did get something for him without him just leaving. So, I mean, I, I get that. Sixth round pick. You know, the Canucks have done pretty well in the late rounds. So, I mean, it could be a good pick to have. Um, so, I mean, I mean, Jordy Ben, I think, has played a pretty good big role in the Canucks this season. He played with Quinn Hughes when uh, Travis Hamannick was injured and played pretty well. So, I, I think the Winnipeg Jets got a good a good depth uh, veteran defenseman um, to play in their third fourth you know third pairing there. So I think I think it was a good deal for the Jets and the Canucks got something for a UFA. So in the end, uh, I, I don't really have a problem with it. And then the other one is uh, Chicago trading Madison Bowie or Bowie and a 2021 fifth to the Canucks for a 2021 fourth. What do you got on that? This is an, again, this is an interesting one. I think Madison Bowie is another guy that's, I'm not sure what he's going to actually turn out to be. I think he's only going to be that depth defenseman, maybe a bottom pairing guy. Um, he's been in the league for a few seasons already and he's bounced around a few teams. So he's played with Detroit, um, Washington and uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. So he's bounced around. He hasn't really played this season. He's been on the taxi squad for most of the year. So he hasn't really established himself in an NHL defenseman as a regular guy. But again, this is a depth move. Um, he could turn into something. You never know. Um, you know, training a fourth round picks, not a huge deal. And you get a fifth in, in exchange for it. So 
again, I don't think it's not a big deal in my mind. I think it's just a depth move. Um, you know, you trade Jordy Benz, you need a, a body to kind of fill in. And the Canucks have Jack Rathbone coming up. They got a few good defensemen. And this kind of opens the door for Yoli Levy to get back in the line of which he has to be playing. I, I don't like a guy like Yolevi being out of the lineup. And I think this opens the door for that. I'd rather see Yolevi in the lineup over Bowie, but we'll see what happens with that. All right, let's get into two more before we uh, switch gears to a couple other topics as we are not that far away from the season ending. About a month from now, the season will be ending. So should be an interesting uh, finish to the season. Let's get into this one. The Vegas keeps adding and somehow, I don't, cap space might be a myth. We don't know. We don't really understand anything that ever happens at this point. Uh, Chicago trades Matthias Yanmark, who was one of the top, you know, forwards that was likely to be dealt according to the TSN trade bait board. He was number one there before he got traded. Uh, they also moved to 2022 fifth to Vegas for a 2021 second and a 2022 third. Now there's a third team in this deal, which was San Jose, basically a cap broker. And it, they received a 20, uh, 22 fifth round pick and San Jose and Chicago both retained 50%. So just a crazy deal. Not surprising with Vegas adding something. There was a lot of rumors about Vegas being in on like everybody. So yeah. they're trying to catch up to Colorado, who looks like the best team in the West by a lot. If you don't really, I, I guess Vegas is close. But other than that, I mean, Vegas just trying to add. And I think Yanmark's a, a nice forward to add to an already loaded forward group. It definitely is. He definitely is. And yeah, like you said, it's, it's weird how Vegas can can seem to navigate the cap like like it's not even there. Um, you know, when they traded Nate Schmidt to try to you know, be able to sign Petra Angelo, I didn't think that was going to happen, but they did it. Uh, you know, this one, again, they navigated the cap somehow by doing this weird three-way team deal, which we've seen a couple of them, uh, this, this trade deadline, which I think that's what teams have to do now to get around the cap. And you can call it cap circumvention. I, I think it kind of is. And I wouldn't be surprised if the NHL looks at that uh, moving forward to try to prevent some of this from happening. But that's just, they're just getting creative, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, Jan- Janmark's going to add something to the Vegas Golden Knights and they're going to be again uh, a playoff contender, Stanley Cup contender, and we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it should be interesting to see uh, how Vegas and Colorado, who are likely to play in that Western um second round matchup or whatever you want to call it. Uh, let's get into the big one, which ended the day. Detroit trading Anthony Mantha to Washington for um, Richard Panik or Panic or Panik or whatever you want to call him. I haven't heard his name been said. I haven't heard anyone say his name in a long time, so I forgot how to say it. Um, Vrana, a 2021 first and a 2022 second. So here's my thought on this deal before we slide it over to you. I don't think the Washington got better with this move. I really don't. I think Vrana is a really good player who scored over 20 goals last year. And I think he will do very well in a expanded role in Detroit. Um, And then Detroit also gets a first, which will probably be a late first, but it's still a first. And then they get a second next year. I just, I don't see how Washington got better with this move. No, I actually, I agree. And Anthony Mantha is a hell of a player. Uh, but you know, Verana is, was a pretty good player for, for the Capitals too. He was actually a pretty uh, key guy in the top two lines, um, last season and this season. So, you know, and then Detroit goes and gets a first round pick as well. So, 
uh, Steve Eiserman just just keeps stockpiling these picks, and the Red Wings are going to be a powerhouse in the future with all their uh, talent that they have. Their prospects that are coming up is ridiculous. And again, a first round pick, late first, whatever, uh, you're going to get a solid player. And you know, I think they came away the winners in this deal, even though Anthony Mantha is a pretty good player in himself. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how Mantha fits in and plays in the postseason. He's never played in the postseason before, so it could be interesting how that goes. Um, I don't, I don't really know, you know, what will happen with them. I think that they're a good contender. I picked them to make a deep run preseason, so um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's go to, let's go to a couple waiver moves real quick before we um, get into anything else. Victor Mete getting a fresh start, asked for a trade early in the season, getting a fresh start in Ottawa, and then Sammy Votnin uh, getting claimed going from the Devils to the Stars. So anything on either of these moves, a couple of smaller defensemen uh, getting fresh starts? Yeah, I think that's all it is. I mean, Victor Mete, is he's moving to a team that's not going to make the playoffs. And uh, so he wanted to trade, but I'm not sure he wanted to be wanted to go to a team that's not not even gonna have a chance so but again he could be part of uh, a defense core that's going to be pretty young and and he's still young himself so he could be part of the rebuild that over there we'll see what happens in the future but again a fresh start and we'll see how he he fits in Ottawa uh Vatanen he again is he'll help the stars and he's a veteran veteran defenseman he can play in the top four um again we'll happens with him and he's bounced around a few teams in the last few seasons so uh, but again he's a solid defenseman he'll play in probably their Detroit I mean Dallas is a pretty good defense core themselves so I don't I don't know how how he's going to fit uh, in the top four but he's going to add depth uh, to the stars who made who did uh, made to sound like a final last year so let's go to the TSN trade bait players from Frank Saravalli that weren't moved. And I'm going to list some notable ones and you give me your thoughts on them. Uh, Mike Hoffman, St. Louis, Jamie Alexiak, Dallas, uh, Alex, I follow getting an extension with the Kings, Nikita Zadorov in Chicago, staying put. Um, uh, Scott Lawton, Philadelphia, getting an extension. Glenn Denning and Bernier from Detroit. Dunn and Bozak from St. Louis, Elvis Merlikens from uh, Columbus, Linus Olmark from Buffalo, and Alex Goligoski from Arizona. What stands out to you from that list? The one that really stood out for me was Mike Hoffman not moving. I mean, he's a UFA. Uh, yeah, St. Louis is, is in a playoff spot right now. I mean, trading a guy that's, you know, a goal scorer that could help you in the playoffs, maybe that's why they hesitated to move him. Um, I think that's probably why they didn't move him but they could have gotten something pretty substantially was in rumors um, around about that. And I think Jonathan Bernier was another one that kind of stuck out why Detroit wasn't able to move him. There's some, some teams that were looking for goaltending depth and Bernier could have gotten some more draft picks or prospects or whatever as an interesting one, why he didn't move. I think those are the two that really stuck out to me, not, not moving. Um, but again, there's these factors that we don't know about of why stuff didn't go through. Maybe stuff kind of falls through in the end and uh, just ultimately didn't happen. 
Yeah, I mean, as someone who covers the Blues, I just I the Hoffman thing was interesting. I did I thought they would move him really up until Robert Thomas got hurt. Now he's week to week, and then Hoffman steps in in that one game after back to back healthy scratches, scores two goals, which I don't really think should factor into it that much. But really, what this is is Doug Armstrong believing in this team, I guess, which is weird to me because I don't really think they have any chance unless they get really hot or something crazy happens to beat Vegas or Colorado. But I don't know. I I think that Hoffman probably should have been moved, but I understand it a little more than I would have if Robert Thomas was healthy. I think they would have moved him, but I don't know what um, the Blues are thinking. I guess they think they can beat Vegas or Colorado. I don't see it, but uh, whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, Let's go to not we're going to pick nine top nine Stanley Cup contenders. So I'll give you my list, then you give me yours, and we'll we'll discuss uh, kind of what we think could happen. So I'm going to say uh, number one is Colorado, number two is Tampa Bay, three I'll go Toronto, four I'll go Vegas, five Carolina, six the New York Islanders, seven Washington, eight Pittsburgh, and nine Edmonton. Uh, what is your nine? Well, I've got pretty much the same at the top there. I mean, I think Colorado's like he, they are the strongest team right now in the league. And I don't know if there's anyone that's really better than them. Um, so Colorado's first for me. Uh, Toronto, they've had a hell of a season. So they're two. Um, I go Vegas three. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with Montreal at four. I mean, I, I think Montreal has, has a team that could, could do it. Um, yeah, Montreal. Uh, Carolina's up there for me. Uh, that's five. Uh, I'm trying to lose count here. Um, so Edmonton, I got six. Uh, we'll go Minnesota seven. Uh, uh, nine. We'll go Edmonton. I already said Edmonton. Um, yeah, we'll go Florida and then uh, eight. I need one more. Pittsburgh? You like Crosby? Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh that that team I would never count them out at this point uh the fact they've won two in five years I know the team's a lot yeah different, but they're still good so I don't know um I don't really think anybody's gonna beat Colorado I think if anybody does it'll be Tampa yeah um, yeah I don't really want to count Tampa out with the way they won last year they really haven't lost anything and they're gonna gain Kucherov in the postseason so uh, that would be yeah, interesting. Yeah, is going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, let's go to the current playoff picture in the North Division, which is, of course, the all-Canadian Division, seven teams. Current matchups would be Toronto, Montreal, and Winnipeg, Edmonton. Which of those two matchups is more intriguing, in your opinion? Um, I like the Toronto, Toronto-Montreal. I mean, that's, that's again, that, that, that rivalry that's gone back forever. Um, and they're always great games to watch. So, I mean, I think, I think that's the one that intrigues me the most. Winnipeg Edmonton doesn't really move the needle for me, um, but uh, that could be a tight series. Um, some stars on both sides, but I, I like the Toronto-Montreal match it, matchup, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think that whoever wins that game would probably come out of the North. Um, I'd like to see Edmonton make a run with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Worried about their defense and goaltending, as is pretty much what is said every year. So uh, let's go to the East. Washington, Boston, and the Islanders and the Penguins would be the matchups if the season ended right now. Uh, which of those two is better? Uh, I like the – well, I mean, 
I still, I like the Islanders Pittsburgh at this point. I mean, the Islanders play that stifling defensive game, which, you know, in the playoffs last season, I, I didn't really find it very exciting, but um, Pittsburgh's a pretty high powered offensive team. So they may be able to break through that. Uh, Washington Boston's series would probably be pretty good as well to uh, pretty big and some offensive power on both sides with now with Taylor Hall added to Boston. I think, I think that could be an interesting matchup. I think both matchups are actually going to be pretty good to watch if that's if that's how it ends. I agree. I think that Islanders Penguins is a bad matchup for Pittsburgh. I mean, you saw yeah, what yeah. the Islanders did to them in 2019, sweeping them. So, if you're Pittsburgh, you got to hope you don't play the Islanders, but you're probably going to end up playing them. So, um, we'll see what happens there. In the Central, you have Carolina Nashville, which honestly would probably not be that close i think carolina is a lot better but you never know in the playoffs and then tampa and florida i think tampa bay florida is probably the more intriguing matchup yeah of the two i don't know if you agree with that but it probably is what do you think yeah i agree i mean that's that's one that we haven't seen very often um in the playoffs is the tampa florida matchup uh, because they're they're basically rivals geographically so i uh, i think that'd be a pretty interesting match to watch and I think Tampa Bay wins it um, but because uh, our goaltending is just way better than Florida's even though they are winning a lot more games with Bobrovsky's uh, numbers not I don't think Bobrovsky's numbers are a whole lot better than last season but they do have their their backup is playing pretty well too so I think Tampa wins that series anyway but I think it'd be a pretty exciting one to watch because there are some good talent on both sides with Barkov in Florida um, and that's he's one of my favorite players to watch on that team. So on Huberto, uh, that that duo. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, let's finish it off here with the West: Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, Minnesota. Is how it would end. What do you like out of those two? Well, I mean, I don't really like. I like the Colorado St. Louis. I think that's that'd be a pretty good uh, series. I think Colorado again. I think Colorado wins it. Um, there is so much stronger. I think they're going to win most of these series, but uh, Vegas, Minnesota, Minnesota's really, ex- they've surprised this season with uh, their rookies and their young guys. I didn't think they were going to be that, that good because they're losing so many veterans and so much young talent having to, you know, unknowns coming in, um, but th- they've been, been pretty good. So I think, I think Minnesota could surprise Vegas if that's how the matchup goes. Um, but uh, that both series will probably be interesting to watch. I agree. I think with Colorado St. Louis, I don't really think the Blues have a chance. Um, I think they could give them a series, but I don't think that they could do it at the end of the day. Vegas, Minnesota will be fun because Kaprizov has lived up to it. I think he's yeah, just been so good. Have. And uh, Minnesota could surprise some people, but I don't really see very many scenarios where Vegas or Colorado isn't the team that aren't the two teams that play each other yeah. in the second round of the Western part. So, all right, Matthew, thanks for joining me. And uh, we will do something similar to this again, probably when the playoffs start, we'll predict the first round and such, and uh, we'll do a lot of draft stuff this summer as well. Thanks for joining me. and We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.